Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to 1-2 Punch. Player one, Shaquille Madjui. Player two, Irish, Sean Sheehan. And buddy, I gotta say, we look like a couple of losers with our championship belts right here. No, I'm a winner. This is like a severe MMA, fantasy MMA championship even though I didn't win it, someone in New Zealand won it, and it cost about 200 euro to send it. So it's just mine now. I own it. So uh, I love it. Yeah, I got to say, although I'm, you know, holding a, a true $25 child's belt here, yours is actually mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah, That's it is in beauty. fairness. My boy, actually, Ian O'Neill over in Canada, which you, uh, he made it. He got it made. It's actually hard to see it on camera because of the lightning and stuff. But No, it's got great pretty, detail. Uh, yeah, severe man podcast. And I put a picture of it up later on, but it's a bit heavy. Heavy is the shoulder that wears the crown. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get right into it. For our regular listeners, thank you as always for tuning in, engaging with us. For people new to the program, this is One Two Punch. We operate on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to sign the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a preview for UFC Vegas 12. Um, That's how we operate here. Shout out to everyone that is in the live stream chat. Please engage with us. Shoot us some messages. Tell us what you think. The more you do that, the more I know that this stream is operating just fine and my paranoia gets to settle down for the next 45 minutes. Let me hit this animated intro and we'll get right to it. There we go. Uh, Reminder, hit us up in the chat. We'll get to every comment we can. If you feel so generous, it's been a long day of MMA coverage for me. A little super chat donation might warm the heart. We really do appreciate that. And I think we are there. A quick subscription, a like on this video, notification bell, all that. I know it seems like a small act. I know it's annoying to hear, but it really does go a long way. Enough of that, especially to our podcast listeners who can't help us with any of that. Let's get right to the action. First up, winners. Uh, I guess if you're a Habib fan, Dana White had some good news. He says that you uh, that Habib will not be retiring, most likely, and that they're already discussing that 30-0 fight. Man, I ate shit on this one because I know mm-hmm. MMA retirements are temporary, 
But when Habib says it, the man has some true resolve. And not only did he does he seeming to turn around on that record mm-hmm. time, not even Conor McGregor pulls this kind of stunt. What do you think about it? I, I The thing about this is I was talking over in our uh, Severe MMA group there earlier on, and this is one of the toughest conundrums we can find in MMA. What do you believe? Do you believe an MMA retirement or do you believe Dana White? True. Which do you believe? Fair Both enough. of them. Like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> yeah, MMA retirement, never real. Dana White always lies. So I don't know what's going to happen. Someone's like just, there's going to be a fight in the moon or something. I don't know how, how to resolve it. Like, look, if, if past this prologue, then Habib will fight again. You know, let, let's be honest here. The, the one thing, I, I'm like, I'm the one that kind of got myself and Graham over in the Sphere of My Podcast kind of got the hashtag MMA retirement's gone because every time someone retires, I look forward to our next fight immediately. You know, we're talking about Anderson Silva later on, I'm sure he's retiring this weekend. Obviously going to fight again. Everyone always fights again unless it's Cole Conrad. So, mm-hmm. with like, when Habib retired in the cage, he said like about his father dying and about his mother and... Habib is one of these guys. He's a he's a real guy. Like he's one right. of those, you know. He he, you know, when he says something, he kind of means, it and he stick stuck to it. And he's always uh, he's always done that throughout his career. And he's never really cared about pleasing people or like pleasing the fans or anything like that. He's always done it the, the way he chooses to do it, and it's it's always been the right way. But MMA is a very different sport to retire from. These guys are fighters, you know, and the, the, the ladies and, and, you know, everyone around the world. We see guys in the local scene here. We see, you know, in, in the UFC and Bellator, they, what, they're, what they're bred to do is fight. You know, they're fighters and they're, they're bred to never give up. They're trained to never give up. And you're asking them to give up. And that's a very hard thing to do, especially when you're someone who's 29 and all, especially when you're someone who's the best in the world, never look like getting beaten. So will Habib come back? I, at, at the weekend, I said, probably not. At my Q&A during the week, I said, I'm probably 70% sure. I did another podcast. I was 40%. Now I'm probably down to about 10%. No, sure, now. We'll, we'll see Habib back, yeah. Well, and I, I want to give a quick shout out to you. I always ask my guests, what would you like to drink? And finally, finally, someone threw me a beer. Unfortunately, you've got a Heineken. I'm stuck yeah. with a Molson Canadian, which is what I had sitting in the garage. Delicious. I wanted these as well. Well, you are, you have so, shown me so many different there. alcoholic beverages. Prior. Do you want to just like roll out the entire? Yeah, I have. Uh, here's some fireball there. I believe that's a Canadian. Just, uh, no. So we can do Canada versus Ireland. Yeah, yeah well, uh, that's not a good showing from me, but I'm not sure if that's no. a good showing from you either. I have some gin here as well. Uh, <laughs> beef eater I can roll with. Beef re- I've actually just bought it there like an hour ago for my girlfriend, so I've never even tasted it. So we'll see what it's like. But yeah, I might pull out one or two more in the, the space. Of the of this show. We'll <laughs> I'm going away with a few socially distanced friends for a little cabin getaway. So this is my mm-hmm. this is me warming up my body. I want to give a quick shout out before you get back to the MMA stuff. Gaz Cubbins in the uh, live chat. Really enjoying what Shaq brings to Fightful MMA. It's a work in progress. I love that support. Um he wants to get a bunch of people on the podcast. C from Ace Podcast, X Cage Warriors Champ, Danny Batten. Uh, he also gives you a big shout out, Sean. And loves the Irish and his roots. And shout out to Tim Traver for the super chat donation. He says, What up, my fightful family? Love the support. Guys, if you are looking for some sort of MMA or pro wrestling community, I got to tell you, I was shocked when I got over to Fightful. The people are nice. And I don't mean the people I just the people I work with, because Sean Ross Sapp kind of sucks. But. The fans, the people who tune in, the people who engage in the chat, it is so refreshing when you have to deal with the sort of people Sean has to deal with on Twitter every single day. Mm. Me? Uh, well, I, I have a good community as well. Our severe MMA community, especially over on Patreon, is brilliant. But 
the Twitter community at times can be rabid, especially when you're Irish and you pick Justin Gaethje to be that beeb. People don't like you. <laughs> you get a little bit of abuse, but uh, yeah, look, these, these things happen. Like, I, I've learned to deal with that. I've been on it for, you know, I've been covering MMA for nearly a decade now, I suppose. So I'm well used to it. So it's, you know, if, if you can't deal with that, I think you either have to find ways around it, which I've done, which is just mm-hmm. blocking and muting people and ignoring people and not reading the timeline that much or just like get off Twitter altogether because it's not going to fix itself. You have to do it. And that's, and you know, that's my opinion on it anyway, I think. So. Fair, fair, fair. Now, final note on Habi before we move on to my next winner. Um, I know we don't really take these retirements at face value. You know, Conor McGregor is someone who plain as day sort of employs it as a negotiation tactic or a way to sort of keep him, his name in the conversation. Do you give Habib more of a pass considering he's sort of processing his own emotions, he's processing his mother's emotions, thinking about what his dad wants? Does he get a little mm-hmm. bit of a pass in terms of calling that retirement early, if that's the case? Uh, the problem with this is we're basing all of this on Dana White saying something. Dana White's the biggest liar in the world. Like, so like, should we really be taking this at face value? We probably shouldn't, like... We should probably still be thinking Habib is retired and he's going to retire and all, but because of the whole MMA retirements, you know, it's a conversation we've had a thousand times, maybe not. But like if Habib wants to come back and was in the heat of the moment, if he was emotional because his father passed away, or even if he needs six months or if he needs a year off, absolutely. He deserves that. If he wants to change his mind and come back and have even one more fight or 10 more fights, he's absolutely entitled to do that. You know, it's I, the problem is with MMA retirements is when someone gets to, you know, 40 years of age and they get knocked out four times and, you know, they, they should not be fighting and then they take a year out, say they're retired and then they come back. That's the problem with MMA retirements. You know, a 32-year-old or 31-year-old or whatever he is retiring undefeated, having lost two rounds in his whole career, is I don't think it's the whole issue with the, the retirement thing. So if he wants to come back, absolutely, no problem. Fair enough. Now, let's move on to the other big winner for me, and that was Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. We had that big press conference on Thursday, and I got to say, now, maybe you aren't a fan of the sort of old man fights, although I would say Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. If you're going to have two retired guys come out and box, I think it's these two. And then you have Jake Paul there, but at least he's taking on Nate Robinson three-time NBA slam dunk champion, a little bit of a different flavor than the usual YouTube on YouTube stuff. Rashad Coulter, former MMA fighter, is making the transition to boxing. And you have Badu Jack, big name in the boxing world. The production quality on that press conference was awesome. The fighters all had, except for, strangely enough, Jake Paul, who might be one of the wealthiest in that bunch, um, had perfect like HD, nice camera connections. You had Ariel Hawani hosting. Went to the media nicely. I got to say, I'm starting to get a little excited for this card. What do you make of it, especially compared to all of some of the other like freak show boxing events we've had on DAZN over the past year or so? Mm, I hope people aren't going to be like expecting some analysis from you. I didn't watch the press conference. Uh, I know Ariel was on it, so I, I'll fair juice Ariel. And Ariel likes things like this. I, I know he loves the, these mm-hmm. sort of fights and being part of it as well. And that's the only reason I'd watch it. No interest in watching Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. box. No interest in watching Jake. Who's Jake? Is it a basketball player or something? Jake, Jake Paul, Paul is uh, Logan Paul's brother. You know that dude? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's Dumb like, and dumber. Yeah, Badu, I like Badu Jack. I've seen him fight a few times before, so I wouldn't mind. And Rashad Coulter was good in, in, uh, in the... Well, he was all right in the UFC, so I wouldn't mind seeing him doing a bit of boxing. But 
you know, Mike Tyson and Ray John Jr., absolutely zero interest whatsoever. Is, like, is it a real boxing match or is it still an exhibition? Or what, what's it's an exhibition, of? technically, but then oh, they're yeah. fighting for some sort of WBO title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't have no interest. Like, my, the, see, the sad thing about Mike Tyson is, right, er, Mike Tyson puts out that video where he's shredded looking and he's hitting the bag mm-hmm. and he's hitting it hard. And everyone's like, oh, Mike Tyson, he's going to come back. He could be champion of the world. Do we forget what happened to Mike Tyson? You know, do we forget what happened against Danny Williams and against that that dude from Northern Ireland who was rubbish and went in and Mike Tyson quit in the corner? Like, do we, are we forgetting that when he was like, I don't know, thirty five or something? Like, how is it going to be better now? Okay, if he goes out there and and jabs around with Roy Jones Jr. for a while, you know, maybe. But like, I I have no interest in seeing this. It's it's a very typical like 2019, 2020 sort of yeah, fight it really where is. it's going to be crap we all know what's going to be crap but everyone gets brought into it anyway and like it it doesn't even have like the intrigue or the fanfare of a like a mcgregor versus mayweather or something Mm -hmm. like that which i have no problem with seeing once every couple of years but this is like like i won't watch this Uh, other ones another kind of fanfare ones i will watch because they're a bit of fun or whatever this i've no interest in this if a bit of a video goes up afterwards or if a gif of a knockout goes up or something i'll watch it but I won't be buying it. It's on BT Sports box office. They want me to pay a fucking pay-per-view for this. They can fuck off. Are we allowed to swear on this? Like, oh, yeah. hey, man. Hi. We're <laughs> drinking a beer already. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no interest. I will yeah. say this is a pretty harsh analysis from a man sitting next to a bottle of cinnamon fireball whiskey and <laughs> Irish proper 12. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with either. I haven't drank it. Well, I drank one bit of that uh, cinnamon thing earlier on. It's, it's truly, <laughs> truly awful. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, apparently your cousin Patrick Sheehan is here. He says, uh, uh, "Brother, my, he's my brother. It's, it's his actually whiskey, your brother." Actually. I was gonna say brother. Yeah. I didn't want to be too accurate. Wow, look at that. He says, uh, "Fireball." He also tried Fireball whiskey for the first time today. It's yeah. his. He bought it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he owns it. That's what. Yeah, I, I would hope if I had a brother, he'd be tuning in too. So I love that sort of family support. And he also says, hope Tyson looks better than Chuck did for his comeback. Dude, anyone yeah. would look better than Chuck did in his mm-hmm. comeback. I can't imagine he'd be any worse. Yeah, poor old Chuck losing to Tito as well. Like when you're when you look like Chuck did, and you know how bad he was, surely like the people in his camp, and he himself knew how terrible he looked. And like to go back and lose, like you should have found a way out of that fight, really. Mm-hmm. And like because Tito was a far inferior fighter to Chuck Liddell in their primes, and Chuck obviously not he knocked him out twice, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, and now that's kind of been ruined a bit or tainted a bit by this uh, freak show fight. So yeah. That's what can happen. Now, this isn't the same sort of thing because obviously it's an exhibition and stuff and maybe they'll just move around. But the last ex- the last exhibition we saw was, well, maybe there's been other ones, but it was uh, Five Mayweather versus Tension. And that started as an exhibition. But for me, it kind of turned into a real fight when, when Tension started punching him and Flight yeah. was like, mm, no, you're not going to do that to me. And Tension started playing a bit of pro wrestler and stuff after that as well. But Flight... Fight was really hitting him, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there, I suppose, if you like that sort of thing. Yeah, and Tim chimes in, I believe Tyson is going to gas out by round four. Dude, I wouldn't I'd be surprised if Tyson didn't gas out by the end of round two. How many rounds is it? I don't know, six. Tim, Tim, if you know, <laughs> please let us know. Uh however many it is, it's probably too many. But yeah. this is interesting. My win is your loss. So before we move on to the loser section officially, are there any other winners mm-hmm. you wanted to highlight over the last seven days? I think Dustin Poirier is the big winner of the last seven days, to be honest, because beforehand we had, so we had Dustin Poirier sitting out for ages and the afternoon, the Tony Ferguson fight on the card that happened last weekend and he refused to take it. He wanted more money. 
then Tony Ferguson kind of sat out with him, so, you know, because they were talking about the Michael Chandler Tony Ferguson fight. Then <laughs> Dustin Poirier gets switched from Tony Ferguson to Conor McGregor, which in itself is going to be a lot more money than he was hoping to get, and in more money on top of that because you're fighting McGregor. And now it looks like that Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier fight is going to be for a title. So, like, you couldn't have had a bigger winner over the last few weeks than Dustin Poirier. He has. Everything has worked out perfectly for him. He sat out, didn't have to take a hard fight against Tony Ferguson. And now, okay, if we leave the Habib thing aside and say Habib is retired, or maybe he's gone up to fight GSP and vacating his title, you can't have a bigger winner, I don't think, in the last couple of weeks than uh, than Dustin Poirier. So he's my winner. Yeah, I've had to uh, regulate. As, uh, like, as much as we end up talking about it anyway, it feels like every title and thumbnail for the last, ever since this show started, has revolved around some combination of Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, Happy Even John Jones. They've really been mm-hmm. it's it, 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 in some ways it's fascinating how much they've been able to dominate the discussion considering it's the fact they still don't have a fight book between Conor and Dustin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's it's going to happen because McGregor's in the gym now. He put out the thing so. today talking about lightweight and he's looking in some shape already. And I was, I was talking to someone about it last night. What have we now? The 30th of October, so we have you know, it's it's 10, 11 weeks until that fight is scheduled, maybe a little bit more even. That's a long time out to be preparing, and McGregor's already looking in good shape. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, if that fight happens, I know people can get carried away sometimes with what Conor McGregor is as a celebrity and as a personality and all, but don't forget he's a great fighter, and don't forget Dustin Poirier is a great fighter, and if the two of them fight again, it's going to be a great fight, and I can't. That's that's what I'm interested in more than, like, the stories and the, the drama and all that. I'm interested in great fights, and that's definitely going to be Yeah, I, in some ways, I hate myself because after watching your expert analysis uh, breaking down how you're actually supposed to score fights, mm-hmm. maybe it's just, like, an adjustment period, but, like, I'm not seeing it the same way, and it bothers me almost because yeah, me the too. lenses <laughs> I used to watch fights through... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're more fun. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, I don't think I, I don't like the way this is going on the cards. Cause I don't necessarily believe in it. Yeah. It's happened to me as well since I started doing that. It's been a couple of years for me now. And it's very rare. I'm drawn into a fight these days in terms of like the fight. And I was with the heavy Justin fight just cause there was so much kind of fanfare around it and everything. But when I watch fights these days, I'm very much watching it fighter A versus fighter B because of the whole, the judging, like judging is an interesting one because when you get drawn into it and you truly understand it, which I've attempted to do over the last few years, I'm not saying I'm fucking, you know, Sal Diamato or Bryn Cartledge or anything like that, but I'm, I try my best to, to understand it as, as well, uh, half as well as those people. So l- I don't want to get into the whole discussion because it would be more than we have time for on this podcast, but let me just mm-hmm. pick your brain for a quick second. So my very rudimentary understanding of it at this point is if one fighter lands the more impactful strikes... Even mm-hmm. if he lands less total strikes, yeah. they win the round. You don't even care about anything else that happened in the round. Absolutely. If I'm fighting you, you hit me 100 times, and then I, I knock you down with one punch at the end of the round, I will win that round if my one punch was more impactful. Yeah. And, so and, and, yeah, and, the immediately, it's what, what I always tweet, immediately impactful strikes. So it's written in the criteria of MMA. Mm-hmm. Immediately impactful strikes are... Um, grappling is scored more heavily than the cumulative so if you're hitting leg kicks and you hit 10 leg kicks and it you know the, the leg is like hurt after 10 leg kicks they won't yeah, score as as high as if you hit one smashing leg kick and you see redness coming out and the guy's limping after it that one scores more than those there 10 there we go so and this is an this is a a short conversation i had with a follower on twitter bless him who was mm-hmm. saying, you know, you're an idiot. How did you score that fight, the Douglas Lima Musasi fight for Lima? And I said, well, mm-hmm. 
if you go by the rules from my limited understanding of them, especially in the latter rounds, Lima mm -hmm. landed the harder shots. It may have just been some leg kicks, but he did. And the guy said, well, what about the takedowns and the forward pressure and the volume from Musasi? I said, look, I agree with you. I think Musasi won the fight, but I think Douglas Lima won the MMA competition mm -hmm. based on how the judges are required to score it. Mm -hmm. That's and that's the that's what I've been trying to do for the last two years, trying to change people. Like, and I was talking to a judge last night. It's like trying to change someone from Alex Jones to Bernie Sanders. Oh, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. This pe people who just will look exactly at one side of the argument. I'm trying to change it around and look at the exact opposite side, which is a side that we have to look at because those are the rules of the sport. But that that fight last night, it was a very very close fight by the judging criteria. Round one. If, if all five rounds, round one was close to a 10-8. Could be 10-9, could be 10-8 mm -hmm. to, to Musasi. Round two could have gone either way. Round three was... To, I, I scored round two for Musasi, but round three was a very, very close round. I scored it for Lima, but you could have scored it for Musasi. That, to me, was a turnaround round. Around four and five, I think Lima clearly won both of them. I think one judge, Jern Vallel, gave both rounds to Musasi, which, to me, is... It's, it's, it's not terrible judging it's not the worst judging in the world but it's bad judging in terms of like the exact criteria and the way we want fights to be scored um so i think it's one of these fights that could be a draw could be lima could, could be, be musassi yeah. it's it's one of those and one one last thing on, on judging a close fight is a close fight the, you'll if i punch you once and you punch me once who punched who harder if you can decipher that then you can decipher who wins a fight but if you can't decipher that it's always going to be close always yeah. going to be yeah. And Tim Traver, uh, this isn't a guarantee, but he says he heard that Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. is eight rounds. I don't see that going eight rounds. If nothing else, I think the referee is just going to wave it off because both mm -hmm. men are like in a heaping, the heaving yeah. pile on the floor. <laughs> um, but listen, legends, I love it. I'm going to watch. I love me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab my taquitos. I'm going to watch a little Jersey Shore to get hyped up. And I'm going to get into full-on gross mode. And digest everything, fist from, bump yeah, everything from jake paul <laughs> all the way up to roy jones versus Tyson. okay now uh musasi versus lima is a good transition let's go very mm -hmm. quickly to my loser of the week which unfortunately is kind of the loser of the last several weeks and that is bellator um mm. granted the cyborg card wasn't bad uh you know you tune in to see cyborg brutalize someone you did the main car was exciting you had leandro higo uh beat Ricky Bandea, so that was fun, but their first CBS card, Michael Page headliner, was a snooze fest. They're arguably mm -hmm. the biggest fight they've ever made, or they will make in quite a while, Douglas Lima versus Gegard Mousasi, total snooze fest. So two out of the three cards on the CBS Sports Network era have been kind of duds. Um, I know it kind of just happens, you know, like MMA is an unpredictable sport in that sense, but... What mm -hmm. do you think Bellator makes of all this? Do they really care? I would imagine it's just, you know, move on with what's next. Yeah, I, I was thinking about my loser as well, and it was Be <laughs> Bellator was the one I was going to say, funnily <laughs> enough, as well. And, like, the, the problem is, right, as you know very well, obviously, all, all the people in Fightful covering uh, uh, pro wrestling and WWE and stuff, so it doesn't really matter as much the quality. It matters your TV deal and where you have things and if you can survive in that way. And Bellator, you know, are part of the Viacom and I'm, you know, part of CBS Sports. I'm not sure what's happening with the zone. If that's, uh, you know, there was talks of it ending. I don't know. I, I know they were on the zone last night. I don't know if it's ending the end of the year. Maybe someone in the chat can, can tell us or something. But it is, 
Bellator seems to be downsizing a lot because they've released, or I don't know if it's released, or the fighters have come to the end of their uh, tenure with Bellator over the last while. Yeah. Some in this side of the world, the Bellator Europe, they can't put on as many shows, obviously, over here. Uh, and a lot of the, you know, Ricky Bandejas came to the end of his uh, Bellator contract. I'm not sure if he'll re-sign or not, but Ryan Nelson, Frank Mir, loads of other people. And, you know, some of those, okay, maybe you're, it's okay, they should be leaving the promotion or whatever, but there seems to be a change in Bellator in the moment and it's going to take a while. I'll, you know, I'll give him a bit of time to see if it's positive or negative, but in the last while, it's not been great. You know, that Cyborg fight it was a good win and good fight uh, uh, for her. Uh, the fight last night wasn't great, but you've Musassi back there and I suppose you want a big name like that as your champion and you still have Lima as champion, but it, I think Thursday night is a big issue. You know, over here we have the you know the soccer and we have uh, the Champions League on a uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night, and then on a Thursday night we have the Europa League, which is like the lower down teams. And there's this kind of joke: you don't want to be playing Thursday night football. And I think that's a kind of an issue as well with them, especially for this side of the world, because that car last night was on at midnight. And if you're working the next morning, you can't stay up and watch that car. So it's it's going to be a big issue, I think, for people, and I'm sure even you know people in in your side of the world as well. Are just like not going to be able to get time to watch it on a, on a uh, Thursday night. I mean, but I, mean, I, I work my schedule to have weekday evenings off, so this has mm-hmm. absolutely sucked for me. But I mean, it, it comes with the territory. My boss is up yeah. most nights till like three in the morning, his local time, so I'm not allowed to complain. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's the life you live yeah. when you're you know covering these parts, especially in this uh, in this side of the world Seriously. as well. Yeah, it's uh, like Bellator. I, I had a real positive vibe with Bellator for a good while because they were doing events here and the events they did was good and they were run well. Yeah, and they were signing all of the like they signed so much good talent in this side of the world and over in America as well. They signed like almost all the young talent. I remember, uh, you know, we do the, the yearly awards in Severe Man, you're looking for the young fighter of the year, or the young up and coming prospect. And the majority of them are coming from Bellator, so that's they did a really good job and they still have those people. So it's not all doom and gloom for Bellator, but definitely in the last couple of weeks hasn't been uh, it hasn't been amazing for Bellator. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, now I want to very quickly touch on Gegard Mousasi because I was granted I scored the fight for Lima, but in, in in my brain, if I'm just looking at it as what I consider an MMA fight to be, I thought mm-hmm. Mousasi looked very good in there, uh, especially in that first round, completely overwhelmed Douglas Lima. We have this conversation from time to time, like, is Gegard Mousasi one of the best middleweights alive fighting right now? He left the UFC on such a high coming off of that Chris Weidman fight. Um, And then he comes over to the promotion. He wins the middleweight title, despite having that near setback against Alex uh, Shlomenko. He Mm -hmm. beats Rory McDonald. And then he goes and he he loses the fight to um, Rafael Lovato Jr., Well, although... A, or Raphael, actually, because he's not from Brazil, if uh, mm-hmm. my Luke Thomas knowledge serves me correctly right now. Um, you know, great, great grappler, but not someone super familiar with the mainstream audience. So you have Gegard, you know, leave the UFC, go to Bellator. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Succeed, lose the title, have that split decision win over Lyoto Machida. That was a very close fight. 
and then he comes through and he destroys he, he he performs very well against Douglas Lee or at least very ably and then I think you know his time, I know I'm going on a tangent here but he I think back to his time in the UFC he has that loss against Uriah Hall which was completely unexpected and he turns around and he beats Uriah Hall is, is like Gegard Mousasi the greatest inconsistent fighter in UFC history um there's a yeah there's a view of him all right but like the, the thing about the middleweight division it's a pretty bad division let's be let's be honest here like i'm, I'm looking at the ufc rankings here you've israel adesanya and rob whitaker two fantastic fighters after that you've paulo costa we saw what he did against adesanya it looked, looked terrible to be honest like jerry cannonier is ranked number three here in the ufc rankings come on a good, a good fighter but let's be honest like Joel romero has lost like, every fight he's had in the last fucking five years Darren Till, just go in there and take him down. You're going to beat him. Derek Brunson, a good fighter, like, but very inconsistent as well. And then you're going down to Kelvin Gaslam, Chris Weidman, who's knocked out every time someone fucking throws a pillowcase at him. So it's, 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 it's not a good division. Like the you're middle you're the right guy for this kind of show, <laughs> Thank you. The middleweight division is not a good division. So, like, if you were to slap Musasi in there, you'd probably slot him in after Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, like, you know? So, uh, yeah, he'd be right there or thereabouts. He'd be definitely getting a title shot if he was in the UFC. But they're, like, the higher or the, the heavier you get, the more, like, inconsistently good you can be. I know, like, uh, if you wanted to touch on Maurice Green and Greg Hardy in a second, like, you look at that Maurice Green fight, you look at all heavyweights. I think it was Zane Simon actually put up a thing the other day about, like, the meta game for different weight classes. And, like, the higher you get up, it's oh, yeah. more down to like being able to take shots and being like athletic rather than your skill set you know like some of these guys that's why we talk about the goal conversation I know we won't get into that but like Demetrius Johnson at a higher weight with his skill set and his ability would destroy Habib would destroy John Jones would destroy all of them if you're able to magically move him up but like the chin means a lot and athleticism means a lot at, at, at those weights so I think middleweight is kind of the first of those weights when you're getting up there that someone as skilled and athletic as Adesanya is really good and someone with just like a really good chin like Robert Whitaker who has is really smart and who goes forward and who can land well is the second best middleweight in the world and not being particularly like excellent although he's excellent yeah. at what he does yeah okay I like that take uh now we're heading through the final stretch of the show so I do want to move on to our UFC Vegas 12 preview but before we do that and man this program starting to feel like the John Jones like the shit on John Jones party Mm-hmm. but john jones needs to take a break from twitter <laughs> like i understand uh his argument so i actually i broke this down on my news short series fightful fix for me if you're gonna have the conversation about pound for pound go you have to understand what you're talking about if you're talking about the pound for pound gr- best fighter right now today you can make a good case for habib last three wins are against conor mcgregor Justin Gaethje, and Dustin Poirier, all by submission. If you compare that to John Jones's, he beat Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes. One of those was a split decision. One of those, they're all decisions. One was a split, and one, in a lot of fans' eyes at least, should have gone to Dom Reyes. So if you look at the recent body of work, I'd argue Habib has beat the higher level of competition more definitively and more decisively. If you want to have the greatest of all time conversation, that is a different conversation. You have to look through their whole record, and I'd argue that John Jones has beat three generations of the best UFC light heavyweights around. Habib, outside of his last seven or so fights, doesn't have a whole lot of really big names on that resume. So we have to make mm-hmm. that distinction. Either way, mute like mute, like you said, we're not going to talk about that right now. John Jones, if you're going to start complaining about the pound-for-pound pound r- rankings, at least wait until the rankings come down. Don't do it. <laughs> right after Habib wins is like sobbing on the mat 
for his late dead father. Like, John, what is this? You are one of the best fighters of all time. You would whip my ass in a, a hundred I'd times out of one. Where is all this insecurity coming from, dude? You're one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Just let mm-hmm. Habib have the sentimental pound-for-pound pound ranking for the time being. Mm-hmm. The, to me, the most fucked up thing about this is what John Jones is crying about is like 12 guys from like 106, <laughs> eight, the fan in fucking Philadelphia who've watched four MMA fights in the last yes. year voting on this. Like, it's not, you know, me or you or Ariel Huani or Luke Thomas or whoever it might be voting on these rankings it's some random guys that you've never heard of i think there's like one or two legit people but other than that it's it's a these rankings are a joke like and i i actually i didn't even read john jones's tweets i didn't watch the video he put up but i read one and i was i just i kind of replied to him and i never would normally do this i was like these rankings are a joke just stop caring about them uh and it's i don't know like the rank, do you know what the rankings are good are? They're good for me and you if we want to like, like I did a minute ago, I want to like look at a list of middleweights. They're great for that. Yeah. But they're not great for like, should Darren Till be above Cannoneer or, you know, no. not that. They're just useless for that. And if you're a fighter and you actually care about that, it's different if you're Lauren Murphy and you care about it. Because if you're ranked number one, it means something for you. You might get a title shot, yeah. you know. But if you're John Jones and you're obviously going to be ranked number one or he's not even ranked now because he gave up his belt, I suppose. We don't know what division he's in. You know, he moves to heavyweight and he calls out a middleweight. Typical John Jones. Um, but uh, it's, sure. yeah, he, I, insecure is the right word. And that was the word I thought of in my head when I was seeing like some of his reaction because like you're supposed to be the baddest man on the planet. Like everyone thinks John Jones can go up the heavyweight and win that belt. Yeah. And he like everyone thinks... Forget about like pound for pound and forget about, you know, who is the, the best, most skillful fighter of all time. If you're to look at, pick one human being out ever who would win in a fight, maybe you pick Stipe, right? Maybe you would. Maybe you'd pick Brock Lesnar. But you're probably picking John Jones in that fight, aren't you? And he literally the greatest fighter in the history of humankind. Mm-hmm. And he's crying on Twitter because 12 lads from fucking Miami 102.4, the fan radio, <laughs> voted against him. Like, come on, man. You don't really need this, Dude, do you? It is shocking when you... Someone put a Reddit post up a few years ago. It is shocking when you find out who some of the people on these panels are. Like, yeah. they don't watch combat sports. They don't follow it. Their publication doesn't know anything about it. It's... <laughs> Insane. Did you see uh, the time uh, when McGregor knocked out Aldo? There was a Brazilian guy on it, and he ranked McGregor at, like number four in his rankings, but Aldo number one, and they like moved Aldo up on the pound for pound rankings, and like it was just brilliant. Like these guys don't it. care. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Tim agrees with this. Says let Habib, Habib have his time. John got it's it's a sentimental move. Just let the dude have it. Okay, we got to move on because we still got a lot on the plate. Uh, before we do. Reminder, hit us up in the chat, engage with us. We love to hear from you guys. Super chat donation goes a long way to helping sustain everything we do. If you got a beer, I hope you're drinking it um, responsibly. I'm on the second one, yeah. Respect yes, sir. And, uh, of course, going to hit the subscribe animation very quick. Hit the notification bell, like button, these little metrics. Small act from you. It really does a lot for us. So thank you so much. And to our podcast listeners, always surprised by the love. Like, truly multiples of what we get on YouTube. Uh, so shout out to you guys for always downloading the episodes and tuning in means the world to us okay UFC Vegas 12 let's drop a little preview here I like to stay away from predictions because we got enough of that nonsense on every program out there so let's talk about a a few of the storylines going to UFC Vegas 12 namely and I think I'm going to be out of town this weekend so there will be no fightful fix but I'm going to clip this conversation coming up for it sweet win lose or draw 
Should Anderson Silva retire on Saturday? Should he leave the UFC and keep fighting elsewhere? Should he fight in the UFC? You, and we can tackle it from what happens if he wins, what happens if he loses. Let's start, let's start with the easiest one. If he loses mm-hmm. decisively, should he retire permanently or should he go try his luck in one championship against Vitor Belfort? That's a question I can't answer. It's like dividing by zero. You know, it's just impossible. You, you can't do it. It's like, what is a retirement in MMA truly? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I know a few people, Cole Conrad retired, Kyle Pindred over here retired. I'm sure you can pick um, Mark Munoz retired. You know, just a few people have retired, but like who actually retires? Like the thing Anderson's about, should he retire? Like if you're, to, if you want to like a big long discussion about this, my point would be you get to a say a Frankie Edgar level, right? Mm-hmm. Where you had fought for the championship, you won it a while back. And then for years you were still in the championship mix. You know, you fought Aldo, you deserve to get uh, a rematch at some stage. I thought he got a little bit early, but then you, Went on again and you fought um, Max Holloway. Sorry, is my microphone pause down there. And you deserve to get that title fight. It's at that point when you're, I think he's, I think he's, oh, how many years is it? I, I, nine might be too much, but it's, it's over five years since he won the title. Mm-hmm. And you have done it all. And you're only going to go down from that stretch. I know he won his last fight and he looked good and everything, but you're, you're not going to be in the championship picture anymore. For me, that's the point you should retire. When you have it all done and you have all your options exercised to be in the championship and you know that you're getting older and you're past your athletic best and you've had so much um, in-cage action that it, it can only get worse. That's when you should go down. Mm-hmm. Not when it gets worse. Not when you get to BJ pin levels. Not when you take so much damage that you know later in life it's going to hurt. And there's obviously a lot of wrestling fans listening to this, we know what headshots can do uh, to people later in life and even, you know, early in, in their life after their Atlantic prime. So that's my opinion on fighters like Anderson Silva, like, you know, like Frank Yeager, like Diego Sanchez, people who've been in there for a long time, put on lots of great fights for us. I wanted them to do it for their health before they get to that mm-hmm. point. Now, Anderson, Anderson has taken a few losses. The only non-UFC champion he's lost is Jared Cannonier. So that's not bad. So is he at that point yet? He is at that point, I think. Now would be the time for him to retire. Win, lose, draw. I'd love to see him retire. But will he retire? Absolutely not. Yeah, this seems like more... Because it's weird. Because Anderson has tackled this from every end of the spectrum. The UFC... For, Dana White first said that this will be uh, most likely Anderson's retirement fight. Anderson at one point said no. Then, or he, I think he said yes, it will be. And then his coach said no. And then Anderson said not really. And now we're mm-hmm. thinking it's probably his last UFC fight, but it's possible he actually has two fights left on his deal. It's it's it, it's chaotic, more chaotic than usual. Um, I think I, I I completely agree with where you're coming from. I I think I, you know, I, and we're we're teasing Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. But make no mistake, they are the greatest of their time. They would still destroy most living people on this planet. And if they want to go out there and put on an exhibition show and make some money, and you know it fuels them and motivates them in their lives. They a hundred percent have my support and I wish them nothing but the best. I agree with you. I don't think Anderson Silva's place is in the UFC fighting ranked competition anymore. He's not going to be UFC champion again. I don't know if he's come to that realization, but I would hope he has. If he wants to go and, you know, semi-retire and do the oddball money fight against the Vitor Belfort over in one championship or something, I say more power to you. As long as you're not in a, a sort of a physical state the way Chuck Liddell was going into that Tito Ortiz fight, I've got mm-hmm. no problem with guys semi-retiring from 
legitimate top level competition and then doing yeah. the Floyd Money Mayweather thing, coming out, putting on a show, making some money. We see pro wrestlers do it in their twilight years. Sure, mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop people from getting their bag, uh, but I agree with you that even if he wins this fight, even if he wins this fight, which going into it, I, I had more optimism than I do now. I, I do. I was talking to Eric Anders about this fight, and I do believe him when he says that ever since linking up with Saif Saud over at Fortis MMA, that Uriah Hall has really put together the mental pieces of his game, which has long been a struggle for him. Mm-hmm. And I know he was uh, complete. He showed complete dissatisfaction, disinterest at the virtual media day. The last time I talked to him in person, he, he did seem to be more composed and seems like he's reached a lot of conclusions about himself personally. So I worry a little for Anderson Silva going into this fight. Um, although I do think he has the sort of defense to make, make, a decision. If it was a three-rounder, I'd actually think it would go to a decision. I don't know about five rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think win, lose, or draw, it's time for Anderson Silva to at least move on from the UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to see him put up on a pedestal and say, here, there's Anderson Silva. Give him a give him bow out, you know. But uh, it, pro- it probably won't happen. I, I see the fight going the same way as you, I think. This fight reminds me a little bit of, and, and uh, obviously a different level, but of of Jan versus Aldo a little bit in terms of like, I think Anderson Silva will do well for the first couple of rounds, especially the way he fights, you know, kind of low output, looking for shots, looking for those reads, as Dominic Cruz would say early in the first couple of rounds. But I think if you play that fight with Uriah Hall, you're going to take a few shots and you're probably going to land a few shots as well. But I think like Aldo did in that fight, he's going to get a little bit tired. And when it comes to the third and fourth round, I think it's going to be too much for him. And I think Hall fourth round KO, that's my prediction. Yeah, I, I think something similar may happen. Uh, very briefly, before we move on from Anderson Silva, I was listening to the MMA fighting live stream for the UFC Vegas 12 weigh-ins. Um, and E. Casey Layden was talking about how you so, you sort of look at the pound for pound, uh, the greatest of all time in, in, in segments based on mm-hmm. you know certain parts of their careers in which they sustain dominance. If you look at Anderson Silva's career as a whole, you may drop him down that ladder, ladder pound for pound greats. But if you judge him only on his prime, he's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. And, and maybe this isn't a, a maybe this is a view that other people don't share. But why is it that I can you can take a shot, do your arm, armchair psychology here? Why do you think it is that I still view Anderson Silva as one of the greatest of all time, but I don't Ronda Rousey? I. I... A hundred percent have thought about that before because I think Ronda of Ronda Rousey that way. I think people give Ronda Rousey too much of uh, of a hard time. The problem with Ronda Rousey is when Anderson Silva did it, Min's MMA was at a place where it has had years and years and years of development, whereas women's MMA wasn't. And that's and that's not me being sexist or anything, but it's getting that way. Look at where it is now; it's way better, and that's because of Ronda Rousey. So the game passed Ronda Rousey by by, by a little bit. And now you have brilliant fighters like Misha, um, like uh, uh, Amanda Nunes, who beat Misha Tate and beat uh, Holly Holm and beat the people who came before her. And even people now who maybe you wouldn't have expected out of, people like Lauren Murphy and people like that, the likes of Cynthia Calvillo coming through and the likes of Valentina Shashinko, brilliant. And without them, uh, without Ronda Rousey, they wouldn't have been there. But I view Ronda Rousey as more of a Heist Gracie or a Chuck Liddell. Yes. And if you want, if you want to talk about greatness... I think Heist Gracie needs to be up there with in the GOAT campaign or in the GOAT talk, but not 
in the best of all time talk. We all know if Habib or John Jones would destroy him. But in when you're talking about greatness, Ronda Rousey was a great fighter for what she did in her time. Same with Anderson Silva, same with Heist Gracie, same with Chuck Liddell, same with Randy Couture. Like Chuck Liddell would get destroyed by John Jones or Jared Cannonier, any of the guys today. That's just how much MMA moves on. The exact same happened with Ronda Rousey. Um, so I, I think, and I think it's because, you know, the, the problem with Ronda Rousey is she isn't the nicest person in the world, I think, to a lot of people. And <laughs> and, and this is not yeah. me thinking it. I think Ronda Rousey is lovely, but a lot of people don't. And especially media. Media people don't like her because she refused to speak to them. That's her prerogative, in my opinion. If she doesn't want to speak, she doesn't want to speak. But her doing that got more of a negative vibe around her. So that's that's the problem with Ronda Rousey. But one last point, maybe on the Anderson Silva thing. I think if you wanted and that that kind of compartmentalize i don't know how's that word compartmentalize compartmentalize yeah yeah. (laughs) if you look at anderson silva and how good he was the the kind of the bad parts of his career including the the drug test failure came after he broke his leg and he snapped his leg and he lost his title so if you want to you know one thing we always say we take people out we take john jones out we take you know other people out because of the drug test failures and people take Anderson Silva out because of that. I don't think that's fair. Like Anderson Silva in the middle of his career wasn't failing drug tests like John Jones is. He failed them after he snapped his leg and he was losing there anyway. Like I, I have sympathy for someone who takes drugs or to, you know, who gets caught for PDs and that sort of situation. Do I have sympathy for the guy who's the greatest fighter of all time uh, and is in the middle of his career and is beating Alexander Gustafsson, Daniel Carmen and all them? Absolutely not. Uh, so... You know, and, and I'm not the biggest. I'm more on the Luke Thomas side of the whole drugs thing. I'm just like let them all take it. But uh, yeah, that, that's my point. In that okay. Are, are you okay to go a few minutes over, Sean? Let's go. Let's go. I have oh, even. Right. I, let's go another hour. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know about I have, that. I have, I have a full bottle of proper like twelve beer. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually my, my my friend who's an actress is in the process of helping me secure an agent. But after yeah. I know for sure that I'm allowed to drink on air, we will do a whole episode <laughs> where we down up two six of uh, what you might. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll drink a lot of Irish whiskey because I haven't That's had proper twelve yet, and we'll get it. Done. Even though I, I hate whiskey, <laughs> I hate most liquor. But you know, you, you do it. I, I like the yeah. effects. Okay, as we wrap up here, uh, quick shout out to Greg Hardy. Part of the reason uh, we were late with getting the live stream links up and everything sorry to joseph and some of our regulars who might have missed it uh greg hardy weighed in at the final seconds of the ufc vegas 12 weigh-ins he is a heavyweight and he missed weight 266.5 <laughs> I-, I don't know if the heavyweights get a one pound allowance but either way he blew it um yeah. and so yeah just shout out to greg hardy always finds a way to uh complicated situation but i hope he makes weight because uh, i don't want to see people lose money and oh that'd be nice for maurice green to get a bonus mm-hmm. and oh uh, yeah i want to see that fight one way or the other because this is actually a sneaky good card but as we wrap up here as is tradition on the show i asked you to first and foremost actually i have to ask what mm-hmm. have you done who have you favored to get your tweets on the ufc broadcast so frequently not know. that I care, like for not that I need that <laughs> to feel validated, but I always see you on there, my man. I don't know. They just they just they just come up. I have no idea. I'm not friends with anyone. Do we know actually, who it I, is? Do we know who no. this person is? I'm. I have no. Maybe I don't know. I actually don't like. Do you, I'm not particularly liked by people in the UFC. I find it very hard to get an email back. You know, I don't say the nice things in the world about the UFC, so I'm not sure how it gets up there, but. 
you know, it's it's funny because like, I love it when I'm like watching a card with someone and I'm just like on my phone and they're watching and they're like, there's you on the screen. So yeah, it's I'm like that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gif where I'm just like pointing at the screen. Yeah, I love it. But uh, yeah, love it. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Do you have a, do you have an embarrassing story loaded? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of have. Yeah. Okay, good. So I'm gonna let you flip. I'm, I'm, I got a coin flipping app here because it's 21st century. Okay. You call it. I'll tell you if it's heads or tails. Will I lie? Maybe. We'll find out. You'll never know. Um, okay. Heads or tails, call it. Heads. It is tails. Okay. Didn't even have to lie about it. So what is your story? And thank God, because I forgot to come up with one today. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually asked Patrick there earlier on what, what embarrassing story I would have. Uh, my my one, it's not, I suppose it's not that embarrassing. You'd have to be there. But I uh, the last Bellator media day, so Liam McCourt was fighting Judith Ruiz in the main event after who? Well, James Gallagher was supposed to fight in the main event and it got cancelled and I think, and that was the main event anyway. So her opponent, I went and I interviewed uh, Liam McCourt and I think Aaron Chalmers was there and a few more of the fighters as well. I went to an interview with them all and then I went to interview Judith Ruiz and um, <laughs> so I went up and I, I just said, hello Judith, how are you? And she was like, oh, hello and it was grand and everything. So I, I went and I like, asked her the first question. And then she like looked at her coach that was with her. So I was like, what's going on here? And then he kind of told her the question in German. So I was like, oh, shit, I never realized she, she didn't really speak English. But then she started like half answering me in English. So I was like, oh, it's OK. You know, we, we get away with it or whatever. So and uh, then she looked back at him and then he answered the question as well in English to me. So like he translated our English and I'm here. I'm like, what is going on here? So then I asked another question and she just looked at him and then he answered the question <laughs> and just gave it back to me. And she said nothing. And then I asked another <laughs> question and he did the exact same. I was like, you're in the main event here and I'm interviewing this guy while you just stand here as the two of us talk over it. And it was just, and I got completely flustered and I was like, like I'm not a great interviewer. I don't like interviewing people and it's not my gig. I only do it because we've, because we've no one else to do it basically and i was like yeah i can't post that interview it was so bad and i was talking to a couple of the other people there afterwards and i was like i fucked that up riley and i saw one of the other lads gone up and he interviewed her and he came back like literally about 45 seconds later i was like i can't use that <laughs> was so bad because i don't know what like and it wasn't i don't know whose fault it was maybe bellator should have had a, a translator there or maybe they should have had something there but it was it was very embarrassing because I like the three of us were standing there at one point and we were all looking at each other and was like, this is going really badly. <laughs> this is going like just so badly. But uh, yeah, that's and another actually another time at a Bellator media event as well. And a lot of people I think go to see and I interviewed uh, Richard Kiley, um when he was fighting Michael Venom Page. And I had said on my podcast that Kylie could get knocked out in like the first minute or two. And he kind of called me out in, in the middle of the interview. Um which was, and we had a bit of a back and forth. It was fun, but like it was a, I suppose yeah. it was a little bit embarrassing. So yeah. he did get knocked out after like two minutes. So you can't, can't blame me. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I sometimes ask myself when I'm interviewing fighters, especially over the phone, and mm -hmm. they have a translator. Well, not a translator. They have their manager conferenced in. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm actually getting quotes from the fighter half the time. If it's like an independent mm -hmm. translator, sure. But half the, most of the time, it's like the guy's manager. And I'm not at all confident that I am hearing the translation that I'm supposed to be hearing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough, all right. Yeah, it's like whenever, whenever I, I remember, I actually interviewed Douglas Lima as well once, and uh, 
I did it over the phone and there was like a huge delay on it, literally like about 20 seconds of a delay. And I remember I like I asked him a question and then there was a delay and he answered it. And I started asking him another question and he just like started talking to like his manager or the, the PR guy, whoever was on the phone. I was like, oh, he's not going to hear me here, is he? It's just a fucking disaster. But, oh, that's, uh, yeah. that's MMA for you. It's not It's not a whole lot smooth in the entertainment industry either. All right, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for being so generous. Uh, is there anything you want to leave the people with? Yeah, not much. Follow, follow me on the Twitter at SeanCNBA, Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA Podcast. Uh, True Balls, if you like soccer, do a live stream, myself and two of my friends uh, over in True Balls. We do it for Man United matches and just talk an all merciful amount of shit. So uh, yeah, find us there. Um, yeah, so yeah, listen to Severe MMA Podcast, subscribe. It's up for free every Sunday and there's uh, like five additional shows every week on Patreon. So if you don't want to pay for it on Patreon, just uh, subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and all those places. Facts. And uh, on your way to subscribing to all of Sean's good work, hit a subscribe button here for us. That would mean the world. Always a blast. Uh, thank you for everyone who engaged in the live chat. Sorry to those that we missed today. Shout out to everyone who downloads these episodes every week. Means the world to us. Uh, for Fightful MMA, I'm Shaquille Madjuri. And because none of you have pitched any good outros yet, I'm going to go with the one that everyone hates. Keep up with us for everything fightful and so delightful. <laughs> it's the worst. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <It's> so... <laughs> and we'll hit this outro. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.